Hey friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here with Catherine DeBard. We are in Montreal. Uh, <laughs> that's Montreal. <laughs> we are in Catherine's kitchen. She's sipping some coffee. Uh, I'm sipping some water. And um, we've known each other for a number of years. We met in mm-hmm. Detroit. Yeah, it's true. Uh, for that's... the Genus Cosmique tour. What year was that? Do you remember? It must be eight years ago. Is it really? It's been a no, maybe seven. I I'm not know. sure. At no, Trumbleplex. Yeah, Trumbleplex. Yeah. Great spot in Detroit. Um, <laughs> Your show was epic because you were playing the whole time with a cricket. Oh, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like remember. it felt part of your set. It was yeah, so loud, yeah. and you're playing loud, <laughs> so <laughs> it was really surreal. I thought it was a sample at first. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so you used to run Jeunesse Cosmique, a yeah. label that put out a record of mine from a my band Curve Choir, and yeah, we've just and uh, we had you in Montreal a few times yeah, to play also. Yeah, definitely. So. I'm here playing a show tonight, and I wanted to stop in and see Catherine and hear her Yay. worst show ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a story more than a show, because okay. I had lots of like strange shows, and I can't think about like my worst show ever. But that story is funny to me, and like I had lots of emotions in it. Okay. So. Two years ago, I went to, to do a tour with my friend Matt Robidou in yeah. Massachusetts. Yeah. So I met him in Greenfield and like, we had this like week of magical and like crazy adventures that were like hilarious, I don't know. There's always these weird stories with Massachusetts bands having like a curse and like okay. weird things happening to them. So like, yeah, we have that whole week and we arrive in Boston. We played there and the last day I was in the tour, like of the whole week. So we went to the beach with his friend, and I had like my backpack with my gear because we're gonna jam at the beach okay. on huge rocks. And apparently, it was the beach that they shot Jaws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so like Matt has his uh, electric guitar and put dry leaves underneath the cord, and I have like a synth with um, everything working with batteries and. I have this microphone that I throw off the rocks and I, I bring back to me so that it scrapes like and okay. I have flute and synth. We have a great time and so we leave in the afternoon to start like to have other adventures before going back to Boston. And so I pack all my gear back in my backpack. I put it just beside the car and I go to the bathroom. But they they don't notice they come pick me to the bathroom and we leave so my uh, yeah and like like they're still loading the car yeah when, they're, the when i go to the bathroom yeah yeah so we go and like we eat ice cream and we do like crazy things and i'm like okay i need to start preparing because tomorrow i go back to canada and i suddenly I, it dawns on me that i have no idea where my backpack is um, yeah. and i'm like Oh, like my what? And my passport was in my backpack, <laughs> yeah. and like I had my sampler, my all my cables, my pedals, yeah. like a small synth. I'm like, no, and so we, we, the three of us, we look at each other and oh no, what have we done? So Matt and I, we go to his car, yeah. and like the backpack is not there, and I just see this vision of me where I put the backpack and right. I said, 
it's totally there. <coughs> so we go back to his house and everybody is worried now, the roommates of like the friend of Matt, everybody is there and being worried and what should we do? Should we drive back to the beach? Oh no, it's 9 p.m. and like it's too late. So I, I just say... Wait, and so he lives in Boston at this yeah, time? Yeah, no, not Matt, uh, the, Matt's friends. Okay. Yeah, so but we're all in Boston. Okay. And the beach was 45 minutes away okay. somewhere. Okay. And like I was leaving the next day at 8 in the morning. Oh, jeez. Yes. Yeah. So everybody was talking at the same time. So I said, listen, guys, I just need like five minutes to cry alone. And after <laughs> that, we can talk. Okay. So I went in the kitchen and they had like the crustiest kitchen. It was like a really like dirty. And okay. I went in the corner and I cried so much, like just like wow, like hysterical. And then I went back <laughs> in the living room and I just thought, no, like there's no need of going back there. It's nine at night. Like if someone saw my backpack, it's probably in the beach facility or it's probably still there but I don't want to drive 45 minutes for nothing so what we should do is maybe call the cops see if they could check if there's a bag there yeah so we end up doing that now it's just chain smoking like it was just and walking around but like laughing a lot I just remember like saying jokes and stuff and my friends were like you should be like a life counselor is that the term or like life coach coach oh, yeah yeah <laughs> i was like saying all like but there's no need of worrying because maybe my bag is okay and like if i'm freaking out right now for no reason like doesn't make any sense right. I, I prefer like just being chill about it but i had <laughs> fever you know like i was like shaking so like i had a pile of um blankets on really? me you had fever from the worry Being stressed, or? yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I was laughing a lot. Okay. So we call the cops, and then, like, it takes a long time, and then it's maybe 11 at night, and we're waiting for them to call back, and I'm just thinking, well, I found a copy of my passport I had, like, in one of my pockets for some oh, reason, okay. which was great. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna cross the border with like a plastic bag of dirty clothes <laughs> and a copy of my passport because my headphones were also in my backpack. Like I had just that bag of yeah, yeah. useless things. So, uh, and finally the cops called back and like my bag has not been found there. So I'm like, okay gonna have your name and then tomorrow at the border I can say like that my bag is there and like I had prepared the whole story and so it turns out like that you know I'm just gonna go to sleep but then at midnight I check my messages just in, in case and I had a message someone wrote me on Bandcamp okay. and <laughs> said hey I'm a musician I live in Worcester Massachusetts I was on the beach with my girlfriend and like we were there when like we saw the bag being left behind like we're waiting for you to come back but you didn't so I have your bag now like uh, you have really great gear I have the same as you haha <laughs> so I just found your passport and then I googled your name and so I presume it's you and if it was me I would be so freaking out right now so that's why I write to you so don't worry, like, I have your bag. <laughs> okay. So 
I said that to Matt and we're just like crying and laughing. It's just like ridiculous. Yeah. And Matt had planned to come to Montreal to do a show the week after. So he just got my bag back. Okay. And then he brought it to me the week after. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it turned out so good. Yeah. It was just really weird. So I was glad that I didn't freak out. But then, yeah, it's not the end because the next day we wake up a little bit later because we're like so relieved of like having my bag back. And so we walked towards the car so that Matt can give me a lift to the train train station. No, bus station. Yeah. And his car got towed. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like... <coughs> But we don't realize right away, we're like, oh no, I'm pretty sure we're on, we were on that street. And oh. then we walk around and so then he's like, no. And then we walk back to his friend's place and I call a cab. And he's just walking in a really stressed way. And so then he said, no, I just remember how you reacted yesterday. Like with <laughs> everything that happened and you were so calm and you had a good attitude. I'll be fine. I, yes, it's true. I'm working in like five hours in Greenfield and I'm in Boston, but I'm sure I can do it. Right. And actually was able to go to work at the right time. So and Greenfield is in Western Mass, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was... Like a few hours away. Exactly. Yeah. And also he didn't have lots of money, but actually it didn't cost much to get his car back. Okay. So everything turned out okay, but... That last day was so stressful, you know, yeah. like after a week of touring and everything was fine. Yeah. So, yes. And did you have trouble at the border? No. And that's okay. the insane part. I just arrived. I looked so weird. I just had like that <laughs> bag of like dirty clothes, like in a plastic bag. And I was like, I had my speech prepared. And I said, Here's a copy of my passport. I'm so sorry. I lost my bag yesterday on that beach. And da da da. And the guy just cut me and said, "Well, no, listen, it's it's fine. Like you you could never do that in a plane, but right, right. on the road, you know, in the bus. And also, I'm Canadian. You know, it would be right. insane. Like I had all my other cards, like my health card. And right, stuff. right. So he just said, it's it's okay. Like, but." like maybe don't do it again but yeah i didn't do it on purpose you know <laughs> don't lose your stuff again and then yeah like this week we with matt we released like our isness tape and there's a song on it it's beach pizza and it's like that day okay <laughs> just before i got like yeah that the whole adventure happened yeah i'm i mean that's awesome that they didn't fuck with you at the border i feel like it depends on who you get but uh, I, I know i almost got cut at the border actually like once oh really yeah and because i was unaware like you need to really have a plan when you yeah. cross the border my plan was really not good like because it was too early and i had pink hair so what i think I too looked, early it was eight in the morning so i was not awake yeah oh, okay and yeah and I did. I looked a bit suspicious because I looked like, a, <laughs> like sloppy artist. Okay. Yeah, and I yeah, it turned out really bad. Like they looked in all my bags, and I was saying that I was just gonna jam with friends, and and they were gonna record my voice, but I'm not a musician. And they say, if they're going to record your voice, you're going to be paid. And it's like, no, of course not. Like yeah. I'm not gonna be paid. It was right. a nightmare. When was this? 
like three years ago, two years ago, I was just going there to meet some like vaporwave friends. <laughs> you know, okay. it was like the chillest show I was meeting, like my yeah. friend that has Elantis Records. Has Scott what? Elantis Records. Okay. It's uh, Scott Michael. He's so nice. And yeah, like I was not going to be paid for that show at all. Yeah. And yeah, I, but I they let me go in. But they really opened up all my bags and like my cables and put that like and took my phone away. Yeah. And it was so mystifying though, because like when they left I, with my phone, yeah. I was alone there, like just packing my stuff. And after 15 minutes, a guy got back in and he asked me, when you sing, in what language do you sing? So okay. I said French, just to be sure, because like, I don't sing French, you know. So they would check in my phone and don't not hear any French songs. I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I had lots of my songs in my phone, you know. Yeah. So I said, oh, I sing French. And they're like, okay. And so they went away again for like five minutes. And then again back and they just let me cross the border. Huh. So I didn't understand that part. Like, why they asked that. <laughs> and that was so easy to lie also because like, oh I was thinking that if they found your name because this is right this is crazy they'll they'll like google you and they'll like look you up yeah now they do this yeah. like some people it happened that they google them and, well this like, happens to me every time yeah. I cross but then yeah. some friends of mine like they're banned for five years because yeah. like they did shows two years ago right anyway but that's not my case but I'm a bit afraid of trying to go to the United States again. Yeah. Yeah. It's so shitty. I get the shakedown every time I cross. Mm. But it's also... Now Canada's a lot better than the US. I mean, it used to be about the same, I think. But now... Yeah, now it's way Canada more ex- uh, like uh, flexible. Yeah. Musicians from the United States can come here. It's just yeah. us, we can't. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah. But it's <laughs> only in the last few years. So, like, I think mm. the first time I ever came to Canada... I had no idea. I didn't realize mm. you had to lie and say you're not playing shows. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I had never... But now you don't have to lie now anymore. Now you don't. But I mean, when yeah. I first came, it was like, I don't know, 2004 or 2003 okay. or something like that. And um, I remember just going to the border and he says, what are you doing in Canada? I'm like, oh, I'm playing some shows. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, go talk to immigration. And like, I go talk to immigration and... Cool. So you're playing some concerts? Yeah. He's like, "Do you have a cash see your your work visa?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> I, I had no idea. I was Aww. so green. I was so green, and I just yeah. I said, "So pure and naive." Yeah, so pure, <laughs> so stupid. Um, and I just said, you know. No, I'm not getting a job. I'm playing some shows. Like I'm not here to. Yeah. Like settle down. I I didn't understand <laughs> for a second, and then I and then it dawned on me. You know, then I started to get it, and then I had to backpedal, and sort of, well, no. So, well, oh, the thing I said that was stupid was, um, so the guy said, "Well, are you going to be paid for these shows?" And I'm like, "Well, I hope so. I mean, I'm I drove like you know oh, like eight yeah. hours to get here. I hope yeah. I get a little bit of money." Yeah, that's what they don't want to hear. Yeah, well, you're not supposed to say it if you don't want to get turned away but yeah. what's funny is so he this is my first time so I didn't know that they and this was again maybe 2000 I want to say 2004 probably mm. and I didn't realize that he would he would be talking to me asking him questions and then he would leave 
It was like going into the back. And I don't know why they don't just Google you with the computer. I know. There. I think sometimes they also do that now. But at the time, he was he would like keep leaving and then coming back and asking like two or three questions and then leaving again. And it took like over half an hour. Yeah. You know, and the whole time I'm saying, I'm now downplaying it. I'm saying, well, yeah, there's not going to be any money. There's just, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. these little little gigs of just for friends and, and like a few people there. And it's just really for fun and I'm not making any money. But so after going back and forth a couple times... He finally comes back and says, well, your music's very interesting, <laughs> you know, which for those who don't know, if you play experimental music, usually interesting is yeah. what people who don't want to hear your music say in order to not or say anything. they just don't know how to handle it or like even start yeah. like expressing anything about it. But it's it. usually more negative than Yeah, positive. it's true. It's, it's usually like, huh, that's... Interesting. interesting and yeah. sort of like a way of like well I'm not lying but I also don't want to say anything too mean yeah. uh, <laughs> so then so he says that and I'm like okay it's not your thing fine you're a border guard like I'm not, it's not <laughs> this music's not for you probably but then he says you're free to go it looks like these are going to be really small shows you're not making any money it's fine um, but if you did want to leave a CD here at the office that would that would be fine. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> to play in the waiting room? <laughs> I, I really don't know. It was the weirdest thing. And I was like, is he asking for like a CD bribe? <laughs> it's so strange. Like, I don't think he even likes my music. But yeah. I think it's just, you know, I think, I mean, border guards are still kind of cop. And I think it's just like a power thing of like, if I can get something from you, then I'm going to take it. <laughs> So weird. So weird. So I was not expecting that. No, and he honestly he uh, he said it in this way that was like you know if you felt like it no biggie and but I'm thinking well I don't don't why would I want that like I don't I don't want to give anything to a fucking border cop you know and he was letting me go but after like a half hour of interrogation so I was like we're not friends and then. so I was still on the fence about it. I thought maybe, like maybe I need to give it to him. Maybe he's gonna change his mind if I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's yeah. my first time crossing the border. I have known nothing about this. So, well, I should say I had crossed the border before, but not as a musician. Mm. You know, I I had been to Vancouver a few times or something when I mm. lived in Washington, but um, this is my first time like on tour. And so I was still not sure if I was gonna give it to him or not. And I'm walking out to my van. And then when I get, when I get outside, I'm like almost to my van. I see him coming out after me. And then I'm like, oh shit, he is, what if he does change his mind? Like, but it turns out he forgot to give me back my passport. Uh. (laughs) Like I had, after like interrogating me for a half hour, I had forgot that he still had my passport. And so I walked out without him giving it to me. And so he came out to the van to give me my passport. And then he's just standing there. Like, he gives it to me, and I'm, he's just standing there, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he expects a CD. That's what's happening. <laughs> so, so I gave him a CD, you know. I mean, yeah, I wonder what time, happened with it. Well, at the time, the only CDs I had were, like, uh, you know, CDRs that I burned on my laptop. Yeah. So <laughs> that's part of why I didn't want to give him one. I was like, I don't have that many of these, yeah. you know. I have to make these all myself. Um, it's so crazy all that for like almost nothing you know you just go there and you're not paid you know and the money yeah. you're gonna get you're going to invest it 
for food or yeah. gas or that's travel. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's funny. Like once we crossed the border with Janeska Megan, we kind of explained that we we're not gonna get paid, which was the case. And then the person really genuinely at the end said, Well, if you're not gonna get paid, why are you doing this? Yeah. And I just said, for the love. And she looked at me with like the most like, not disgusted, like slightly disgusted, slightly like, oh, yeah. face. And I didn't know what to do else, you know, because it's really yeah. just for that, that we're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so young and naive. That yeah. was the tour that, that we was, met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you guys saying you had a bit of trouble because there weren't there a couple of bands within that tour like that were yeah all... we were two 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 or three three yeah that's like, a long time ago yeah three okay yeah but we were six traveling six people but then like at the Trumbleplex show did you do three sets were there three sets or two I think there was just two. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. But uh, Maison Telephone, I think. Telephone Maison. Telephone yeah. Maison. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I remember that, and then I can't remember what the other one was. It was probably Félix de l'Etoile. Okay. our friend. But it was like our first project. Yeah. yeah. My first project that I had CDRs at the time. Yeah. That we played. It's a long time ago. But I... I thought about like another sketchy show actually yeah. in Montreal because yeah. there's a, a festival called Pop Montreal yeah. and so there was like in Montreal there's a kind of guru, guru <laughs> trippy guy called Duffy my two Duffy and he was having shows at his house okay. and he wanted to do a no pop or anti-pop festival okay so during the pop festival yeah yeah okay. Like, like a going counter, all like the counter. way, like burning posters and stuff. Okay. So <laughs> against the, pop or just against Montreal pop? I got against pop Montreal. Okay. <laughs> but the first year I was supposed to play, um, the police was at every show. Oh, okay. And cut them out, like, cause I remember I was supposed to play the Sunday night. In the basement of a huge building in the laundry room. Okay. <laughs> like that was in the back of a parking lot. Okay. Like really the most hidden place on earth, you know? Yeah. And the police came, so it didn't work out. So, and I think the year after they skipped the anti pop, and they, so like two years after, Eric from, from Doldrums, we meet in the street and say, Oh, we should do an anti-pop this year. It's like, okay, cool. And we decide to go to do it with other people in the basement of a loft in Du Rocher. And it's all good. Like, I'm playing with my friend Vincent. But when you arrived, it was just a sketchiest setup. I don't know how to explain it in an easy way. The stage was very high. It was maybe four, no, three meters high. Okay. Like the, there was a table, a huge table, and everything was standing on multiple layers of wood piles. Wait, three meters? Like, that's like yeah, well, maybe feet. what? One? No, maybe two meters. Okay. The stage was there, but it was piled lots of different wood layers and like wonky okay. setup, and there was a huge table. Yeah. And it was 
several meters large yeah. and so first it's quite intimidating to, to see that and I'm like okay so we're going to play on that kind of weird structure yeah. and then we go in the back and in the back is even worse like to get on stage it's lots of like weird benches and piles of woods <laughs> okay. really sketchy yeah. really sketchy and like like who built this like, i don't know why just, it was like that okay. and like what i was standing on was basically like I don't know, 30 centimeters wide, like it's, I'm having trouble explaining it, but you know, these kind of like no parking signs made of woods that like fold. Oh yeah. Like it looked like, like an A-frame. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was placed on two other blocks of like cement and then I could see like through the okay. whole thing and it was really high above, like, so I couldn't really move like it felt like you were gonna fall through it felt like i was like standing on a surfboard <laughs> <laughs> in the back of that table that was too high for me and we the mixer was very very far also so what we needed to do so i was plugged in eric like in doldrums sampler that was plugged into another sampler okay. that was plugged in the mixer okay because we didn't have cables that were long enough to reach the mixer uh, okay <laughs> so i was yeah just plugged in his gear that was plugged in another person's gear that was plugged in the mixer okay <laughs> um yeah and, and it was dark and cold because it was in october and yeah. Vincent generally moves a lot when he sings, but he couldn't because we're standing like elevated on like a surfboard <laughs> wood thing. And yeah, that was just the weirdest, most precarious setup. Like I, I yeah. can't, I tried to take a picture of it, but I couldn't really, and just describing it in a really bad way. But like the whole time I felt I was in danger, which was hilarious in a way. Yeah. And yeah, the whole night was like pretty funny and weird. But nobody fell through the stage. No, no, That's I good. didn't fall. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah, felt like stressed all the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, but oh. it rem it reminded me of like the days that they were they had shows at Duffy's place because like his house had all like black walls and like he emptied like a main area. It was a small living room where he had just a bass amp, a really old mixer, and that was it. Yeah. And there was another room that was connected to it with a mattress on the wall. Okay. And like, uh, maybe there was like a couch, but I'm not sure. And then the kitchen, there they had some weird kind of poetry pagan thing happening. And so when you played at Duffy's place, you never knew what time you were gonna play because nothing was organized. Okay. So yeah, I played there with my friend Ashley once and. We hustled our way through like playing early and we ended up playing at one thirty, which okay. was okay. But you could play at five in the morning if you didn't play your cards well. Okay. And this yeah, like the sketchiest kind of night, but so fun. Yeah. But weird at the same time. Like you're not having like the most cozy uh, the coziest time, but like it was special still. Yeah. Does he do it anymore? No, no, no. It, I'm not sure where he is now. But like that was definitely a, a mythic 
part of town because even like uh, magical clowns like they played there and like he talked about Duffy's place in Pitchfork so it was like this ooh like that place in Montreal that happened like in the brief window okay yeah yeah so I'm glad I saw it but huh. it was definitely like not like great but great at the same time yeah <laughs> <laughs> that could be the other name of this show yeah not- Not great, but great at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was thinking about all the sketchy shows I had, and yeah. it's definitely like not comfortable or anything, but I'm glad I did that because it's really weird, and now I have like these strange memories about them like that makes it important and absurd at the same time, like the whole doing music. Like, it's so absurd sometimes, like, the the situations that you play in. I had bad shows, like, recently, like, in the last years that were not necessarily fun, and I really screwed up, like, on stage, but I I don't really mind, also. Okay. Like, one, I, I just decided I wanted to play guitar for some reason. Okay. But... I haven't played guitar in like 10 years <laughs> and, okay. I, and I'm not a good guitar player you know yeah. and I just decided like I was bold enough to do it so I brought my guitar and a sampler and a few things and I arrived and I installed myself on the floor and I sound check and I realized it's horrible like I don't know what to play at all you know <laughs> it's and I get terrified like but so scared And I ended up doing the sketchiest set I've done. It's like maybe three or four years ago. I was sweating and I had all my hair in my face and like just being so desperate the whole time. Like just thinking about, I've just played five minutes. I can't stop, you know, I need to continue. Yeah. But I have no idea how to jam on the guitar also. Okay. Oh, that was... Now in that situation, do you have any... I mean, you decided to play guitar, and you haven't played guitar in 10 years, and then did you have any plan, or was it just going in, just figuring on just... I was just going for it. Okay. I was just thinking, I'm just gonna jam, you know, okay. like doing some noise. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it was just like really reckless. Right. Yeah, no... Now, that's, that's changed for you, yeah? You were talking a little bit earlier, like you're more inclined to do more prepared stuff now. Yeah, because but, I, but I'm still doing reckless things. Like yeah. maybe two or three months ago, <laughs> I did like something really reckless. And it turned out like I I was horrified after I finished playing. But I was thinking about it after and I thought it was cool actually. Like it was really weird. Like okay. I brought a flute and like um, a fan and like multiple objects that do weird sounds. And I had this bunch of... I wanted to make noise, like, but really harsh, like, which is not what I do generally. Yeah. And also, I just wrote the week before, maybe a page and a half of really intimate, like, inappropriate, like, stories, like, just venting on my computer, that I decided to just scream in a microphone okay. while doing noise music. So I did that. Okay. <laughs> And I felt so bad afterwards. I was like, what did I do? I just said so many like intimate things. And the music was really weird. 
but then my friend Vincent that I really like I trust his opinion said it was definitely not my greatest show but that had a moment that made him think of chubbing gristle and okay. just that was like okay yes <laughs> like at least I had just someone says that to me that's great but okay. <laughs> I really yeah I felt bad afterwards but sometimes I just need to like force myself to do weird like to just disrupt what I do when it feels too easy or nice or okay. you know and it feels good yeah yeah <laughs> but otherwise like I don't know I'm just not like when bad things happen I don't care like it's just part of life you know when I walk in my, on my daisy chain and everything unplugs I, oh, yeah. I don't feel bad about it I just kind of think it's funny and then I plug it again and I continue yeah. it's not a question of attitude like if you feel the person like feels really bad and like he's scared and like then you feel bad and you feel like oh as, poor as person yeah. Yeah, yeah as an audience when I see someone like unhappy during their set it makes yeah. me so sad but yeah. if the person doesn't care well I don't care either like I'm right. not gonna be like that person did a huge mistake you know this her things unplugged and right. I don't care so if you don't care I think it's okay and if people care about that and like they say oh you did a bad show someone told me that once okay like I, and I don't even remember I think it was a really normal show like and then after my set I was unpacking my stuff and then there was an older guy and said hey just want to let you know that like I didn't like your set. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, like I laughed like at first because it's so like blunt, and I say, oh, okay, like, okay, and say, oh, you're not angry. And I say, why would I be angry? Like, you don't have to like my music. Like, I don't like everyone's music. You know, yeah. it's just a question of taste. And then he said nothing, and I say. Do you want to talk more about it? <laughs> <laughs> and he did not. Like, and just, like, left. And I thought, was he just wanting to provoke me? Because... It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, but it's weird. Like, I understand if people don't like my music, you know? Like, it's yeah. not a problem for me because I like my music. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny to say, like, I just wanted to let you know mm -hmm. I didn't like that. I mean... Why? Why did, you, <laughs> why did you need to let me know that? <laughs> yeah. What? It feels just like you wanted to provoke me. Yeah. Like some people were saying, maybe he was trying like to like get to talk to you or something. But it's like a weird approach. Like yeah. Saying say straight up. Like, well, and then also when you tried to talk to him more, he didn't want to. Yeah. Because so. I, I was really curious about what he didn't like. Yeah. Like, because if you feel so strongly about something, like... I did not like your set. Yeah. You would expect the person has like points that they want to like elaborate on, like yeah. about why they didn't like it. So the fact that he didn't, he wasn't able to continue the conversation, right? Think that it's like, it just some provocation. Yeah. But like he just took the wrong person because like, I I don't take things personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like music, then. 
there's no reason to lie and say that you do, but I yeah. I don't know what a person gets out of going yeah. up to the artist and making a point to tell them, hey, I thought that was shitty. <laughs> like, I know. I don't know what what he got from that, but yeah, just letting you know. <laughs> it, it made me think of in France actually. I played a show once, and it was it was a shitty show. It like it was not my best show. It was in a really loud bar. And I didn't realize it was going to be there. I thought it was going to be more of like a cafe quiet setting. And then, mm. I mean, it's a cafe, but it's really more like a bar. And so I was having a pretty rough time just hearing myself. Yeah. And I think I was annoyed, so I probably wasn't playing great anyway. But this guy came up to me. And it was, I guess what was funny in this situation is that he came, he approached me in the bathroom. <laughs> like, while I was peeing. <laughs> Like, I played the show, I think I packed up my stuff, or maybe I hadn't packed up, no, I hadn't packed up yet, and I went to the bathroom, I was peeing, and I'm at the urinal, and this guy, he just said, why do you play this kind of music? Oof. What's like he was question? Like, he was confused, <laughs> and he was clearly, like, a bit drunk, like, yeah. pretty drunk, and... You know, I'm peeing, and I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't really want to talk to anyone while I'm peeing. I'd rather just finish peeing and then and then talk to people if I'm gonna talk to someone. <laughs> so I think I said, uh, "Can you give me a second? Or I don't know, I don't remember what I said, but he was asking it like an earnest question, like okay. why? And he was like, "I just don't understand. I don't understand what you just did musically. Mm-hmm. I." don't think I liked it, but I'm just trying to understand why you would do this. <laughs> How can you answer that? Yeah, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I, I just remember saying, like, why do I play music in general? Or why, like, yeah. those specific notes? Or what, what Because do you music is so tangled with yourself that, like, it's hard to explain, like, why do you do that style of music or that right. exact kind of vibe of music? It's like, oh, because that's me kind yeah. of thing, you know? There's, it's hard to answer. I actually, I thought it was like, even though he was drunk and just also being a little bit provocative, but I think he honestly didn't get it and was trying mm. to get it. And I, and I wonder, maybe, like, I don't know what his musical background is or what 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 music he knows mm. but maybe he just hadn't heard instrumental music or he hadn't heard mm. much I mean he's probably heard some instrumental music but maybe that's what threw him that, yeah. that there was no lyrics or that it wasn't like classic song structure but I I did try to think about it like yeah why do I <laughs> why, why do I do this uh that's hard man I yeah. I I don't know. I there's lot I feel like there's lots of little answers to parts of that question but not I don't necessarily have like a big answer. You know, I know. For the love. I should have said yeah. for, for, the the, love. for the love, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's but why I do it. I do it's, it for the love. I was thinking a lot about like shows this summer, like thinking about like some because there's no archives of much of these things and sometimes there's barely anyone at the shows but Like, I was just thinking about moments that have been really difficult in my life, like super emotional, yeah. but that I needed to do a show at that time. And 
these moments were insane. Like I did a show that I don't remember because I was like in the process of breaking up, but not breaking up. That I just had a really, really heavy conversation with someone. Yeah. Then I left the house bringing the most insane things to jam with, like just a really bad like drum machine and a ring modulator, like the kind of worst combination. Okay. And a microphone with a loop. I went to work, and then I arrived to the venue, and that person was gonna be there. And I just remember being able to talk to absolutely no one, and like setting up for the the show, like feeling completely empty, and sad and angry, and like yeah, I didn't really want to think about music or anything. I just set up and. When I played, I just remember it was not even a question of making music. Like it was just a question of ex exploding. <laughs> so I just did all the worst thing I could do, like doing a beat like super loud, very fast, destroying it in the pedal, screaming in the microphone during. I think it, my set lasted ten minutes. Yeah. Like total like just a nightmare of expression that I don't even remember what I did. I packed my stuff and then I I was just stunned afterwards. Like I just remember not being able to talk to the person and like being in a kind of catatonic state. Yeah. Going out of the venue and punching the wall and like kind of hurting my hand and that was it, you know. But then when I think about that show I remember nothing. Then my friend I was organizing the show, it's his, it's in his like top ten shows okay. you see. Yeah. Just because it was so heavy and weird and like if you don't know my life, like <laughs> you just like see that set out of context and be like, Whoa. Right. Like that's insane. <laughs> but right. like for me it was something else and like maybe it's like one of the coolest thing I've ever done you know I don't I have no idea right. I don't remember anything but yeah it's true that like these shows leave a trace you know even if there right. were like 15 people when I played and like but that was really important yeah. in a way so like the shows blend with my life at the same time like some shows I'm not in a really great state and then I arrive and then it up uplifts me and some some shows it's I just feel I'm not there half of it and then suddenly something unlocks and I'm wow like I'm super present yeah some shows I just have weird ideas that are not good but I do it anyway like once I just wanted to play with like a kind of racket ball with a plastic ball and doing like boom boom but okay. miking what I was doing it was so stupid and, like <laughs> the sound was really bad and I was like <laughs> dropping the ball anywhere but I don't care you know I just like like with it. the contact mic on the racket not even the contact mic just the microphone I was singing with okay. like I was trying to like aim it really close to like my racket and like okay. just bouncing the ball I did that for like two minutes and I gave up and I did something else okay but <laughs> so it's just for me there is no difference between like the just my normal life and doing a show it's just that during that time I do something musical yeah and but my state doesn't 
change or I don't like fake anything or I'm not like it's just the same thing like yeah. I'm in the same room with people and people can listen to me or not and I'm just gonna do my thing and that's yeah. it <laughs> when you said that that in a way if people don't know the context of your life but I was thinking really I mean that's that's true of most people at most shows like you yeah. don't normally know the life of the performer yeah and they're going through with whatever they're going through mm. but then for you it's just it's a performance I mean if you're in the audience yeah you just experience this little glimpse of the person and you don't yeah. necessarily know what is behind it or what emotions they're feeling or I mean sometimes you sometimes it seems like you can yeah but I also find that usually pretty misleading in a way like it seems to me that a lot of times people in the audience myself included will project things onto the performer and mm. say oh you must be really sad right now or you must be really mm. you know angry right now or happy right now and it's not necessarily from in my case at least it's it's not usually been the case I mean I can mm. be in a good mood and still play sad music yeah me too um, it's, <laughs> not, it's not like I need to be sad to play sad music or <coughs> in a dark place to play dark music or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, like, I all, I just do sad music, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> I do, I like doing, like, dumb things while I just, like, explore and, like, do strange things also. Just keep myself alert and present. Yeah. So, but, yeah, my music is basically just, like, sad and introspective. So that's funny if people think that I'm just like super deep because I do that. Like it's not like it's not what I am, you know. Okay. Like I, I'm, I'm not like a deep, like depressed person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't know, but it's just weird because I've been doing music for so long. But yeah, you, you too. Like maybe you feel like that. I don't know. It's just it blends. I don't have any external like vision on what I do like there and since there's no difference between what I do on stage and what I do not on stage for me it's like if I reveal absolutely everything like I'm just porous like I say exactly my my thoughts like just for example when I played that electric eclectic earlier this summer the night before I got stung by a mosquito close to my eye okay. so I had like a super puffy eye like all blue and like messed up so I tried to hide it with my sunglasses but they were too small so when I played at first I had forgotten stuff so I just said when I arrived like oh I forgot like half of what I wanted to play I'm such a I'm a, a debutant haha <laughs> And like, oh, it's really weird. Like, I just got stung by like a mosquito, and I feel like it makes me feel weird about my eye. And I started playing after, and like just doing a bunch of like strange things. But I just like there's no. I prefer saying it than just me feeling weird because I my eyes is weird. So I just say it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and if I do that all the time, like there's no difference between like me doing a show or like it's hard so I don't have an external idea of what it feels like to see me play and I don't really care like okay but it's yeah I don't know where I want to go with that but it's just weird because I don't know what I project <laughs> right. as a performer 
because it could be disastrous sometimes like I just like it's really silly but serious at the same time so I don't know how people receive that right but I, I guess still though like you get feedback obviously like yeah. people tell you oh that was in my top 10 shows or yeah. people tell you I didn't like that show or <laughs> there was a period that was making people cry but <laughs> I don't know why I think maybe it was just because of the lyrics of some songs or just okay. because I but because I don't I'm not full of sadness when I do the songs like I'm mostly just present yeah but maybe the lyrics are sad and like the fact that I'm just there being like kind of vulnerable and singing that made people cry I don't know yeah like it's just really weird like it I'm constantly mystified about what doing a show is you know it's not just doing music <laughs> huh. yeah I was joking when I said you know I'm just doing it for the love but in a way I think you that's kind of what I'm hearing in the back of all of this is like you just it's sort of just who you are and you do it and you don't don't necessarily think about it a lot in terms of practical considerations it's just like this is what you do and so you just do it yeah that's it so yeah. it's really hard for me to to kind of think about it like when I know how I create music like that's really like I have a, a practice that evolves and I'm constantly like surprised at like the path I take to create yeah. and it's fun but doing shows it's very very strange to me at first like when I started I was terrified yeah I hated like just the idea of people watching me mm. like so I was always hiding and like tweaking knobs and I don't know but I think meeting like some people that were having a blast like on stage just doing their thing and having fun and like just being themselves really revealed to me that like that's the easiest nicest way you know it's not awkward I just do what I have to do if people don't like it, it doesn't affect my life like yeah. it, I just yeah that's the only thing I have to offer is this you know so might as well just do it you know and have fun and be present and yeah because I'm not gonna try to fake I have emotions when I sing or like do something just to look cool or so since I untangled that like I feel so much better yeah because also like people would come to me and say oh that was really good and I say oh no I messed things up and it was so bad no 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 yeah and it's, it's so bad to do that like I have friends that do that sometimes and it's like hey if I come to see you to say I really loved your set I wouldn't bother saying that first if it, if it wasn't true like because I'm saying it because I really liked it yeah. if you say it was bad first it's insulting to me because I'm yeah. like I really liked it you know so you say you say it's bad because you have an idea in mind and it's not exactly what you wanted like you're unhappy with it but we have no idea what you wanted to do right so what you did was great like I liked it so don't destroy people when they come to you to say they liked it you know you can be disappointed because you didn't do what you did you wanted to yeah. do but then maybe you did something better you know but like since you're comparing it to what you wanted it to be then you're disappointed yeah so it's really annoying it's like no just take it take it even if you don't agree with me when I say your music is good 
take it, you know? Yeah. But there's no reason to then take take the other person's experience away from them. Yeah. By saying by trying to invalidate it. Yeah. Know? I think the worst for me is when people do that on stage. Like if somebody is playing a show and I'm enjoying it and they're like, oh, sorry, this is so bad right now. Or yeah. like, sorry, I'm just, this is not going well and nothing's working or, you know, just complaining about their own set. Yeah. And I think, well, I was having a good time until you said that. Yeah. yeah. Or if people start this first song, the, the same song many times in a row. Like, and suddenly you start to feel, like, anxiety that they have because you really want to make this song right. Okay. Like, I feel, I always feel so bad. Like, just, just do it, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if we don't like it, we'll come afterwards and tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I did not like your song. But, yeah, yeah the, the opposite thing happened one day. Like, I was going to see a show... And there was a band that, like, their music is not necessarily my type, but, like, it's okay, yeah. you know? And so they play, and afterwards I'm just outside, and, like, the drummer, he comes to me and say, So, did you like it? Oh, man, that's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. And that was so hard. I was, How can you do that first? Like, I would never in my life, like, no. do that. Because I don't, nah, I wouldn't do that. So, and I don't want to lie. Like, I have this thing in life that I can't lie. I just say the truth. But then I don't want to say, like, no. Because it's not true. Like, their music is okay. It's just not my thing. So I just thought about a cool moment that they had, like, at some point. And I say, oh, well, that part was really nice. Like, kind of? Yeah. So I didn't lie. Because <laughs> that okay. part was really nice. I love this, though, because this is, this is interesting to me for a couple of things. One, you should. I don't understand the mentality of somebody who comes up to you and says, "Hey, that's pretty good, huh?" Or, "Hey, what did you think?" <laughs> like, if I wanted to tell you what I thought, I would tell you. Yeah. And you put a person on the spot, and, and I, you assume that I like it because you say so. You liked it, eh? Yeah. So I don't even understand the mentality. I don't yeah. understand what what's going through a person's head, but. Part of me would like to be someone who just, if someone's going to be that rude to put me on the spot, then I can just say, uh, no, I didn't like it. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> but I mean, I've never done that. I've, I've had people ask exactly like you're saying. We're like, hey, that was pretty good, huh? Hey, what'd you think of the set? Pretty good? You know, and I, I'm, yeah, every time that happens, I feel completely put on the spot. I'm struggling and I'm like... Uh, think of a nice thing to say think of a nice thing to say yeah. even if I liked their music that that question feels obtrusive and um, just inappropriate <laughs> yeah because you're put on spot like it's like if there's this spot on you and like people are waiting for you to answer and like I don't want to give my opinion like that sometimes takes me time to think or yeah. like I don't have, like to be forced to say something like yeah. I often when I really like the music which is happening a lot like I, I really love genuinely like yeah. seeing people express themselves and sometimes even if it's not music that I I would listen to like I really love people's presence and I'm like wow I'm excited or getting yeah. an idea and I like saying it 
Yeah. But then when I have nothing to say, it's not a bad thing. And also, like, I have the right to, like, not be down with certain style of music. Yeah. Like, I don't say that the people are not good. I just say it's not necessarily my thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, so I just say nothing, you know? <laughs> But I'm, I'm saying this as also someone who's been in the same position. I, I almost... I do wish that we just had the courage to be honest in that situation. Like, if someone's going to put you on the spot, which is rude, yeah. Then, but, like, why do we still feel this obligation to say something nice? Like, yeah. if you don't feel it. I mean, if you do, But fine. Because you feel that the person wants to receive something nice. Like, it's not really a question sometimes. I don't know. I don't necessarily have a... A strong opinion here I'm just yeah. thinking about it like why do we have to say something nice like if it was a little kid mm-hmm. it would be totally appropriate you know if a, if a little like four-year-old says mom look at my dress is it pretty and you say yes darling it's yeah. super pretty <laughs> you're it's great you know even if you don't like the dress yeah sure it's a little four-year-old you just say <laughs> you say something nice because yeah. she's four If a kid says, Mom, you want to see me ride my bike? Uh, or, you know, Uncle CJ, look look at me. I'm jumping on the trampoline. Like, yeah, that's great. You're <laughs> doing great. Of course you say something nice because yeah. it's a little kid. But if it's not a little kid, yeah, I know. it's totally inappropriate. And that's what it makes me think of is like, I think, are you five? Or do you need, like, the compliments of strangers to feel good about yourself? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe that's it. Maybe it's that we feel sorry for them. Like, mm. if you're asking a stranger at a show, hey, pretty good, huh? Then maybe you're really insecure. And so, like, yeah. maybe you really need something nice to be said about you because... You it's know, true. Maybe that's it. I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah. I would think it's a good path maybe to think that way. Like, yeah. it's just a question of insecurity. Because yeah. basically, like... If you like what you do, like you don't really care about like how people feel about like what you do, and yeah. you just trust that if someone wants to talk to you about your music, they will. Yeah. It's great. If not, like it's great also. Like it doesn't make a difference in your life. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I will say for me, I appreciate hearing people's perspectives on things I don't always want to hear it right after I play yeah. I'm in, a lot of times I'm in a weird like mm-hmm. headspace where even if people are saying nice things I'm sort of like I'm sort of being polite by listening because I don't I don't necessarily want to hear it right now like yeah. I don't know I guess just judgment isn't it's not the zone I'm in at that moment usually but if people want to tell me something about my set cool like I I appreciate perspectives mostly what I like is if people tell me and I guess this isn't probably true for every kind of music but for the kind of stuff that I do if people say to zone out and sort of daydream a bit mm-hmm. which happens a lot yeah. and they'll say like oh I was picturing myself like on the like open sea just sort of like floating in the water yeah. or I, I was picturing myself like digging through these tunnels and there were like little animals everywhere and they'll tell me these things <laughs> and I, it's kind of cool to hear yeah. like oh that's cool like I wasn't thinking about that but it's cool you were yeah. thinking about that you know and it's very personal in a way totally um, I receive some of those also like it's yeah. often I feel under the water yeah or like I felt in the womb <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like whoa that's so cool 
But I mean, that part that I like is less about judgment and more just about like, what was your experience? Mm-hmm. And if you had an interesting experience, yeah. I do like to hear that, but I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to say, tell me about your experience right now. How did you experience me? Yeah. Because <laughs> then it just feels so juvenile. It feels yeah. so um, like you really need something and, and mm. now I'm expected to give it to you. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for for being a part of this. It's thing. a pleasure. I hope I said some yeah. interesting things. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of my performance? Ah! <laughs> I felt very secure. Okay. Did I do a good interview? <laughs> episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.